Hello, and welcome back to this weird thing we've got going on, this podcast, where we talk about video games, comics, and other things that we'll tangent about, because yeah, why not? It's eventually just going to be everything. We'll, we'll get to movies one day, and why Christopher Nolan thinks Tenet is a success. <laughs> but that's not today. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about a couple of games. We have the Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, Yakuza Like a Dragon, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and Cyberpunk 2077, which was delayed again. again. So before we get into all that, what have you been doing, BJ? How, how's your week been? <clears throat> or last two weeks, I guess. Yeah, uh, it's been pretty rough at work lately, but I've been playing so much Genshin Impact like it's not even funny i've paid for the the welkin moon blessing or whatever it is where it's like five dollars and then you get like 90 primo gems every day so i'm forced to log in every single day and then i just end up playing for like five hours so that's all i've really been doing besides work so just more genshin impact pretty much yeah it's a terrible hole that i've been sucked into I, I've heard nothing but, like, I say good things, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, it's just fun, you know, you can play without paying money, do all this, but then it's like... You can, but then you really want to spend the money. Is it free? It's free to download. You can get through the story mm-hmm. without paying anything, but I don't want to do that. I want to get all the waifus. I, everybody, like, apparently, get yeah, Genshin Impact, apparently the, the microtransactions they have are, like, get very almost like borderline like league of legends style where it's like hey we're gonna make you pay this outrageous amount of money for effectively a skin yeah it's it's basically like the best thing i could compare it to is fire emblem heroes where it's like they constantly had banners going gross yeah but uh it it'll change your life when you spend like 10 bucks on a card and then get nothing but blue weapons. That was the problem I had with uh, when I forget what game it was that I, I played. It was recent Rainbow Six. Mm. I I was like, all right, you know, Rainbow Six is cool. I I bought the because it, it's on Game Pass now, which I guess that's what I've been playing. Um, and uh, you know, you got the deluxe edition, which comes with like I think the first two years of content, mm-hmm. or at least characters. And so then I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'll buy the rest of them. Because, yeah, I wanted all the up-to-date characters, including Sam Fisher. Oh, he's in there? Yeah, we're not. Yeah, he's in the game. That's dope. Yeah, but we're not going to get another Splinter Cell game. But he'll be part of, he'll be part of uh, Rainbow Six. He'll be Sense. in every other Tom Clancy game to ever release. Next, but... next, next Ghost Recon is just he's the main character, but it's not called Splinter Cell. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all, actually. But, uh, yeah, I, I bought stuff, and it was like, hey, here's some crappy, like, gray just weapon skin i'm just like you <laughs> was not a fan is that all you've really been playing for the most part yeah i've actually been doing a lot of like netflix binging oh yeah uh i told you this before the podcast but i rewatched arrow just because yeah i wanted the rest of the series and i hadn't finished it mm-hmm. so i finished it um i started re- re- re-watching supernatural since it's about to end yeah and- i heard about that <clears throat> 
Uh, I'm, I think I just started season five, and uh, there's a fly that's attacking Luke's head. Almost gave me a heart attack. I was like, oh no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, season, it, it reminds me of how good, because so the boys, it was created by the same guy. And so it reminded me, because I watched the boys, and that's what got me back into Supernatural, because I was like, oh yeah, Eric Kripke did it. So I went back, rewatched the first season. It's pretty good. Horror movie every week type thing. Then they start adding in a plot, and then the plot's great, mm-hmm. like the overarching story. But then you forget that this is a twenty-something episode procedural show. Yeah, and there are filler, oh, a man. lot of it. Some of it's actually really funny though. Like they did a uh, like a, a classic monster movie episode, oh, that's all cool. in black and white, against a shapeshifter who turned into Dracula and the Wolfman, and it was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But uh, yeah, some filler is just like, hey, they're hunting another monster. But it's like, but weren't they weren't they arguing the last episode? Then the next episode, they're back to being at each other's throats, and it's like, oh, I hate you, Sam. You don't understand me, Dean. And then, then like another episode, it's filler and goes, hey man, you remember when we were kids? Yeah, good times. <laughs> and it's it it goes so back and forth on like what it wants to try to do, but still a good show because like the overarching plot, like uh, they introduced angels in season four, and Castiel's entrance. Of just like lightning and lights turning on and off and all this stuff going on and then they're shooting at him and bullets just go through him, no flinching, and he's just like, nah nah nah, get get out of here. <laughs> so it's it's a pretty decent uh <clears throat> decent show. I'm on season five now, and from what I can tell, despite some people's favorite moments being in the next few seasons, season one through five is the best. I watched a bit of season one uh, about a year and a half ago. I really liked what I saw, but I think something else had come out at the time that kind of pulled me away from it. It was the same thing for me. That was Arrow. Yeah. I, I, I think I'd watched the first two seasons of Arrow, and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll catch back up later. And then it's like, nah, season three started premiering, and I went, nah, I'm going to just watch this. Right. But uh, is there anything else you've been doing, really? Or no, just Genshin and Depresso. Yeah, that's the same here. Rainbow Six, Arrow and Depresso. <laughs> All right. At least you got one more bullet point than me. Oh. <laughs> I gotta see a, a hooded vigilante shoot people in the neck with bow and arrow. That's always fun. It actually is. First first two seasons of that show are great. But this is a video game podcast, so I guess we better get back on track. Yeah. Um, so like I said before, we're going to talk about a couple games uh, that we're excited about that are coming out by the... T- when we're recording this, it's November 6th, so roughly like four days, since I know two of these come out. Um, so this, I guess, whenever this gets uploaded, there you go. Um, we're gonna... The plan is, uh, both of us have a PS5 on lock, I think. Yep. Um, I might be getting an Xbox Series X, because the game stuff that I go to said they'll have extra. Um, and so we'll see... We'll have a probably a podcast episode up at some point of detailing the differences between the two or like our you know general vibe with the console. Mm-hmm. But the main topics today we're gonna go through, like I said, Hyrule Warriors, uh, before Calamity, Yakuza Like a Dragon, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and Cyberpunk. Uh, which one do you want to start with? I want to start with Hyrule Warriors because I'm a Nintendo nerd and I'm super hyped for that game. All right. My bad. We got styrofoam that was holding up the mic, but I'm gonna I'm gonna actually just hold mine. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm gonna do that too. 
We use styrofoam because we're such a professional duo. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. So Hyrule Warriors, uh, the or I guess, uh, which I will say that was a surprise announcement. Yeah, I didn't see that coming at all. Like, we've, we've known that they were going to be a sequel to Breath of the Wild, but we didn't know that we were going to get a prequel. Mm-hmm. And that it was going to use the Warriors moniker that I think, yeah, everybody else was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Because it, it's unlike the previous Hyrule Warriors game, which was just this, hey, if you're a fan of Zelda, you'll like it. It's got Easter eggs and fan service and whatever else. This one actually is a true-to-form prequel in story. Gameplay is obviously very different, but it's an actual you know story prequel detailing the 100 years before the events of Breath of the Wild. For those not in the know, I guess spoilers for a game that's been out for like what two it or three years. Twenty seventeen, so yeah, three years. So yeah, a hundred years happened since a calamity, and mm-hmm. Link wakes up with no memory, and it's like, hey, save the world. You're like, I right, got you. And in a giant, you know, adventure full of climbing everything, cooking every bit of food, and maybe getting memories back if you can find them, mm-hmm. then there you go. And then. You learn about the calamity, the world around it, and these characters. Which first time we had voice acting, realist, like real voice acting in a Zelda game. Yeah, and that made you care about these characters, because yeah, characters like Mifa and Urbosa and I forget the Goron's name. Uh, Daruk. Yeah, Daruk, who are like all great characters, and then Rivali, who's a jerk. He's just Falco. Oh my gosh, he is. He's just medieval Falco. I don't like that. Uh, all right, sure, whatever. But yeah, so it's a prequel game. And uh, I guess first off, did you play the original Hyrule Warriors? I did. Um, that was actually my favorite Wii U game. Oh, right. It was a Wii U game. Yeah. I uh, forgot. I was like, yeah, Switch game. I think that might have actually been the only Wii U game that I got the day it came out because I was so hyped for it. I put well into like 100 hours into that thing on there. And then I bought the 3DS version, and I powered through that to get to the uh, the Wind Waker stuff. And then uh, did the 3DS version also have the Linkle? Yeah, that which was, was the first official canon version of a female Link. Yeah, I forgot of. about that. Um, her story was actually really fun too. Um, but I played through all of that on 3DS, and I was like, "This is perfect." They can't make it any better. And they were like, we're doing all that again on Switch, and we're just putting in, like, two costumes. And I was like, all right, take my money, and I'm going to put, like, 300 hours into this. I, I will say this, and I just love the Breath of the Wild costumes. Like, the blue tunic is so cool. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think the green tunic is classic, and I don't think it can be topped, but, man, the champion's tunic is god-tier it's levels. A, it's a really good evolution of the green tunic to me like with the whole theme of progression in the world and everything i think it works really well and it looks good on link oh yeah like uh and the fact that you can like customize all the other pieces of armor too so like you can do oh like i i typically just did like the blue champion's tunic the hood Mm -hmm. uh i a dyed pair of like black whatever and then some what was the boots i used they the might boots like, are attached to the pants, aren't oh, they? Oh, so then, yeah, then whatever the boots are. Yeah, so that. Um, and then, uh, obviously, leveling up those, mm-hmm. I made sure they were good. But, um, Hyrule Warriors uh, Age of Calamity, 
is, like I said, is a prequel. Um, the stuff they've shown seems very interesting because we're actually going to get to see some stories that we they kind of teased in the first game with uh, people like, uh, was it Pura? Yeah. Pura and Impa and all these other characters who mm -hmm. we, we knew was older. Well, kind of older. I guess Pura de-aged herself. But um, getting to see younger Impa and her being playable. Yeah, that was big for um, me. Getting to see the actual story of the Calamity, which I think is going to be a really interesting thing because already we got glimpses of like the, the destruction and the, the terror that happened. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to get to see that happen on this huge scale. Because, like, any of the Warriors-type games have always been, like, big battles, and that's the whole point. Yeah. But, like, when they get to, like, these climactic points, they're actually big. It's so, like, when you fight a boss, it's like, oh, this is a boss, and it's a bit difficult to beat compared to the waves of enemies you just annihilated with, like, simple moves. You have to dodge, you have to, you know, counteract, find their weak point. And it's really cool. And so I'm excited to see that, especially how they're going to, how the Guardians are going to play into that, because I haven't seen a lot of the trailers. So I haven't either. I saw the reveal trailer, and then I've purposely been avoiding most of the stuff. I've seen some of the character models, um, but I purposely haven't been looking up any of the story trailers or anything because I want to go into it like really fresh and ready to be surprised. What what gets me about it is they are uh, they've been doing these things where it's like they're they're showing like twelve second to thirty second like cutscenes mm -hmm. that show off a character or something that you know before happened and it also made me realize these these beings in in the zelda universe have long life expectancy yeah they like, really do like mifa and like all of them like apparently like link like if link and zelda had just gotten to chill out and live that hundred years they'd just be old yeah like that's it they like impa's alive so is pura and all these other old old people and you're just like okay and then that's that and it's like, do Hylians just live? Like, I understand all the other ones live forever, but then, like, I guess Hylians, too. It's just like, I guess we'll live for a while. I think it's probably kind of like a Lord of the Rings situation, but a little bit more, where it's like the human-ass characters live a semi-normal lifespan, and then all these fantastical creatures will live for, like, three billion years. I was going to say how, like... I saw a comic because it was speaking of like a uh, three billion years thing, like Mifa. Mifa and Link had like a relationship, kind of. And I won. I I thought of that, and I'm like, one. There's a bug again. Uh, one. Like, if can they reproduce? I don't want to like, think about well, that. Well, no, like, like in this way, not not like the actual <laughs> reproduction part, but like, is there like actual like history? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, of like cross species like can there be a Hylian slash Zora or like a Hylian slash Goron I just imagine them coming out looking like complete freaks and they just throw them in the volcano like there's no way they'd let something like that survive <laughs> that's, that's how the Zoras and Twilight Princess were created yeah it's freaks of nature <laughs> alright but no I'm, I am excited for the game though like in all honesty cause we're both Zelda fans and even bigger Nintendo fans. And yeah. I give me more breath of the wild in pump that into my veins. Like that, that series of, I guess now series of games gets me so excited. Cause like breath of the wild came out big open world Zelda game with like heavy inspiration from games like the Witcher, mm -hmm. like, um, 
Skyrim and like Western RPGs that like Japan isn't known for doing. Like there were things like I remember playing Zelda and like, yeah, when you play Breath of the Wild, it's like, well, okay, this game did that. You're going, yeah, but Zelda's never done that. Yeah. A Nintendo game's never done that. Like, there are things that, like, Japanese developers do that the Western don't do. That's why people like the, the Japanese games as opposed to Western games, because they are different. Mm-hmm. But when you actually get to see the Japanese developers take a shot at what Western developers can do and then do them really well, it's really cool. Because the one, the only downside I have to Breath of the Wild is the weapon degradation. Everything else is, like, great. See, I never really understood that mindset about the weapons degrading. Um... Because to me, it was always driving me to like explore more, open more chests. So it's it's like in a game like um, say like Persona or something like that, you'll get to a chest in a dungeon and be like, oh well, another chest. But in Zelda, um, I I spent well over 300 hours in Breath of the Wild because I had like a weekend job at the time, so it was the only thing I was doing. But every time I found a chest, I was like, yes, I can finally fill that one inventory slot that's been empty for like two days. The problem with that is that I got to the point where I, I found weapons and I'm like, I don't want to use this because I might break it. <laughs> and uh, which I found, you can buy the house and mm-hmm. renovate it so much that you can have weapon like like uh, plaques on the wall. Yeah. So I have in my house, I have all the elemental weapons at one point, And then I nice. just said, screw it. And I got the uh, all the champions weapons. And mm-hmm. just put them on the wall. That's what I did too. Yeah, because it's like those are my fallen brethren. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for Hyrule Warriors. I think I definitely think it's gonna be a good game. Um, for me, a lot of the like warrior style titles get very old very fast because it is very repetitive in its right. gameplay style. Um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing if you have a good story behind it. I'm all in. That's why I'm hopefully excited for Persona Five Scramble. It's never coming out, man. Apparently not. Apparently Atlas straight up said, like, we still have no plans to. But yet Koi Tecmo is, like, all for it. Thanks, Obama. That's what I've been saying, dog. Xbox buys Atlas. No. <laughs> um, one more thing I did want to say about uh, Age of Calamity is that the biggest part of Breath of the Wild is the exploration and just seeing the world. And there's so many times in that game where I would come across like a downed guardian that was buried in a weird spot and I would be like, oh, how did that get there? And I really hope that this game, since it is reusing the map, shows us some of those weird little quirks and how they came to be. Well, there like, there was even like, like you found Lon Lon Ranch destroyed yeah. in Breath of the Wild. So like, it'd be so interesting to see that show up and like you actually like have a mission where you 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 meet malin and it's lon lon ranch but oh no they die because guardians show up Mm -hmm. like i feel like that'd be really cool that would be really cool i think that that's probably gonna be an early mission just because um like epona and oh right yeah i forgot you get a horse in that game and the uh zelda's royal white horse or whatever i'm sure that's probably how they'll set that up but yeah all in all pretty excited that game comes out I think November here I had it pulled up here um Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity is November 20th my wallet's gonna hate me after this month the nice thing about November games is that like my birthday is on the 13th so it's like every year I tell everyone I just want money 
So my grandparents are like, here, just take the money. And then I'm just like, all right, let's go to GameStop, pay off all my pre-orders. I'm good until like January. Yeah, I... The only pre-order that I'm like good on is Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, and the PlayStation 5. Yeah. I think it's like, I have like 13-ish on both of those left. And then I'm good. Sadly, though, I have to pick up Yakuza 7 and Assassin's Creed. Well, I guess Yakuza 7, I only have five on. Demon Souls, which is $70, I also only have five on. Mm. So my wallet's gonna hurt. But yeah. It's all, hey, if this becomes a job, that's tax deductible, dog. <laughs> I'm just saying. Man, I'd never thought about that before. My parents said that and they said, hey, no, keep receipts. You can, you, you can, since this is a job, you could do tax write offs. And I went, really? Dude. You mean I could buy a PlayStation and not have to pay taxes? And yeah, so. That's blowing my mind right now. Yeah, right? Um, anyway. So, yeah. Uh, Hyrule Warriors, November 20th. Both excited for it. It's more Zelda. It's more Breath of the Wild uh, canon. So, that's good. Yeah. I think they're going to keep going with Breath of the Wild at least a little bit past two. I could see them doing something very similar to like how Wind Waker had like Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks. Where it's like, it's the same timeline. But, like they can kind of go here and they're like, I don't think we're going to get a three and a four. Yeah. I think it'll be the same link in a different scenario, but I don't think the stories will be too heavily involved after two. Yeah. I think two is because the two is originally going to be DLC. And yeah. then they got way too creative and went, we have full game. Let's go. I love it when companies do that, man. Well, like what was the, uh, off topic but hollow knight the uh yeah what's it called the um not siren song was it siren song or like the wh whisper or I whatever think it's siren song it's the hollow knight was originally a hollow knight dlc but then is being fledged in like a full-fledged sequel game with a new character yeah so that like again anytime companies do that i'm all for it because it, it you can tell they're being creative mm -hmm. and then that creativity goes okay well let's just do more like we're already this far might as well keep it going yeah, I just Silk Song. That's the name. Silk of it. Song. Okay. Um, I just love that ideas can snowball like that until it's to the point where they just have to make it a new game. Like that gives me a lot of hope for the future of video game creation. Well, it definitely shows Nintendo's chops of like that they're always wanting to do more. Yeah. Like even as how old a lot of them are, they're willing to go. Yeah, but here's more, 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 more. You know, like, Miyamoto is still, like, I don't know how well he is in the game development side, but he mm -hmm. is still the guy they go to to go, hey, is this fun? And then even he'll say, here's something you can do. And that, to me, is really cool that he's, that despite how old he is, he's still always going in more. Yeah. He wants to be involved. Like, he has ideas. He keeps going. And, yeah, and sometimes Nintendo's ideas are bad. The Wii U, his entire existence is a good example of that. Yeah. But, you know they at least were willing to try something different and new and creative it just sometimes backfires or in the case of the switch massive success yeah unprecedented success that's why i love nintendo so much they're never like scared to try to innovate even if it doesn't work out for them they're always gonna you know shoot their shot with it it's it's a good example of that like at the very least you can look at nintendo and go that's a good it's it may not be successful, but you can kind of see the creativity. Yeah. You look at a company like Xbox before, and again, I say before Phil Spencer took the head, he was always part of the company, but 
2013 Xbox, the Xbox One originally, like the ideas they tried to do mm-hmm. were just not implemented well. Like the, oh, your Kinect never turns off. Oh, hey, you can't share games because it's got to auto-install and do this whole thing. Oh, hey, we're going to focus more on ESPN and these other apps. And hey, you can plug your Xbox into your router or make it your cable box. And like nobody wanted that. That's not good innovation for us. Like that's not something you focus an entire press conference on. Yeah. That's the added benefits that come with the games. Exactly. Which is why Xbox is, you know, catching back up. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah. So next, I, I wanted to talk about this one more in particular because I'm a huge fan of the series. But Assassin's Creed Valhalla is coming out on November 10th. And as a fan of the past two Assassin's Creed games, because of the RPG directions, I'm very excited for this one. Not just because it's Vikings, which that's cool, but they're adding in elements from the previous games, like the social stealth and some of the base building stuff and things like that that we hadn't seen in a while. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it's going to be kind of a return to form in a way that's not just... Us uh, more Assassin's Creed. Like, yeah, we're just like while I enjoyed it, Assassin's Creed Odyssey's not that good of an Assassin's Creed game. Yeah. Like it's a fine RPG if you like grindy RPGs. But when you compare that even to Origins, like with Bayek's story and things like that, Origins is such a better game. And the way it presents itself, the things they do. Granted, you know, we recently found out all about the Ubisoft head executives saying that women don't sell games, which is complete bullcrap. But, you know, that even then, like, you can kind of tell. Like a word. I didn't. Any, like, Ellie from Last of Us would like a word. Samus Aaron would love a word. Bayonetta would love to whip you in the face and then have a word. She'd like to step on you with her heels and then shoot you because, guess what? Her heels are guns. I love that that's a thing that Platinum keeps putting into games is shooting people with your feet. Yeah. For whatever reason. that Somebody somebody there has, has a thing. We know it's... Uh, Dan Schneider. Dan Sh- oh, yeah. No. Dan Schneider. Or, or Quentin Tarantino. They're working at uh, Platinum. They Tarantino really- would fit in very well at Platinum. Could you imagine a Tarantino-directed Platinum game? It would definitely be Bayonetta. Oh, absolutely. Pulp Fiction by Platinum Games. Anyway, what were we talking about Assassin's Creed. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So Origins. So yeah, the original Assassin's Creed Origins idea was to be Aya, uh, Bayek's wife. Mm-hmm. But again, some I'm assuming old white dude was like, "Nah, women don't shell. It's all about you gotta get the main boy." And you know they they changed it to Bayek despite that game would work so much better with Aya because there are key moments in that story where they talk about like where Aya is important mm-hmm. because in the previous Assassin's Creed games they mention her by name as things she's done in the past so when you get to play those moments it feels very half-hearted because you've spent the entire game playing as Bayek but then you get to a kind of play as Aya here and there and then Odyssey was just hey so we know you guys like Assassin's Creed, and Origins was the birthplace of the Assassins. Well, let's go before even that. <laughs> you're a you're a Spartan mercenary. I mean, that's not really an assassin, but I. 
But uh, it was apparently supposed to be like the origin of the Templar order, kind of. Like the order of the ancients or like the the secret society you have to fight. So Templars. Right. Um, and then it shows some of the like myth- mythological parts of Assassin's Creed, like the the Isu or the precursor people or whatever, like the Apple of Eden and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's where Odyssey's whole thing was, was about these objects. And I guess about demigods too because that's a thing but uh yeah so Assassin's Creed Valhalla seems to be like it's going to be going for a uh more return to form with the biggest thing being social stealth um this is something that hasn't been in Assassin's Creed for a while um if you've played Assassin's Creed before like kind of I have um I played the first one the PSP one I played the Ezio trilogy religiously, um, Liberation and three, and then Desmond died, and I was like, okay, series over. You still play Black Flag; it's still one of the best. But uh, in those games, you had social cells, so like sitting down on a bench or blending in with the crowd, things like that. They're adding that back into Valhalla, and some of it being really cool. So like, hey, I'm gonna sit here with my hood up and make bread, or I'm gonna go talk to these guys at the bar or the tavern and you know interact while, I, while i'm watching this guy walk so okay. he's the guy i gotta fo- focus on or i have to hide from the guards because i'm a viking and so that's where this social stealth comes into play and apparently now this one i don't know if they're really going for it but they're gonna try for some better parkour as well mm. which is much needed because i will say parkour is, this is way too easy in like origins and odyssey yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And you actually just kind of sold me on this game. Um, because I liked in the originals how it made you feel like an assassin if you were good at the game. Oh, yeah. Like, the, nothing was as, as good as, like, taking out an entire fort mm-hmm. with nothing but the hidden blade. Like, yeah. just being able to take them all out, pull them into the bushes, like in three getting the rope dart and like swinging them up into the 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 trees and like all right that guy's out let me go for this dude like the throwing knives and all the stuff you could do um i'm i'm glad they're bringing some of that back i wonder how much because again the tagline for this game is like oh you're a viking so be a berserker crazed warrior yeah but apparently you're a pariah or whatever so you can be stealthy because yeah story So we'll see how that works. I'm excited because one, it's another action RPG. Yeah. And despite how big these games are, not a lot of them come out. Like Witcher 3 was like the last big one that did really well. The problem is like nobody or don't think really knows how to do these games well because you can't make the game too easy to where you're just mashing buttons. (laughs) I'm like out of breath. I'm talking a lot. Um, Assassin's Creed got him too excited. Look, I you seen Avor? That man got a chest. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you you know you can't make an action RPG too easy because then you're just mashing the same button over and over again, not yeah. doing anything. If you make it, you you have the Dark Souls route where it's an action RPG that's very complex and challenging, but it gets aggravating. Um, Witcher Three is a really good example of kind of a, a way they did it really well. Where it's challenging, but it's doable. You don't feel like you're losing over and over and over again, like a Dark Souls or Sekiro. But 
you don't feel like you're just mashing the same button over and over again like a bound by flame or technomancer where it's just like all right i'm not this doesn't take much skill yeah and the story's whatever so i'm i'm kind of glad assassin's creed has gone in that route i know some people aren't because like i get it but for me having those those games be action rpgs and them being kind of sporadic so they'll either be yearly or then they'll take a year off and then do one so i don't feel like i'm i'm being like they're overstaying their welcome yeah they're there they're here like and they're good but yeah and then they may have some problems if you're big into the assassin's creed lore or if there's any you know like odyssey was too grindy so i'm really hoping this one isn't Mm -hmm. um but we'll see um that's kind of a big problem with uh just games in general is trying to strike that balance with um just having a challenge in general like games that have multiple difficulty settings like that seems kind of counterintuitive to me just because i feel like which one of these did they have in mind when they were making the game it's one of the things for me where i think that narrative of like oh this game has to have an easy mode is stupid where it's no just make the game more accessible right so like i think i think games should have like accessibility options that you can tweak that are like hey the window to counter is a lot higher now <clears throat> or we'll will color code or do something with the enemies so that way you know when it's going to happen like patterns or whatever it's like something happens so like you can make the game accessible to people who, who don't have the better motor functions or have the best reactions or aren't as capable but then you can still for the for the the general public have a game that is as challenging as the developers wanted it to be <clears throat> right but yeah you are right certain games kind of work for it like Devil May Cry is a good example of difficulty done right yeah where they have your standard easy medium hard but then it goes okay but here's harder and now here's even worse okay now you're gonna die in one hit okay now everything dies in one hit except boss fights so good luck and so you're you're now kind of stuck with these difficulty options that not only work even better but give you a challenge that if you like the game and, and practiced and gotten good at it, they're rewarding because they're a challenge that you overcome through sheer determination and will at that point. Because, yeah, Hell and Hell in Devil May Cry is the worst. Yeah, I, I do like that where it's uh, sort of an unlockable difficulty situation because every time you unlock the next one, it makes you feel like you've gotten better and it feels very progressive i guess but yeah so assassin's creed kind of a return to form while also being you know new um they they are saying you know you get to grow your own viking village which i'm actually excited about that sounds cool. um they have romance options and character relationships and things like that that you can explore uh you get to pick a male or female avor so your viking character which I'm interested to see because apparently there is not a canon version. There's apparently a story reason as to why male or female doesn't make sense or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's a story reason for that. So I'm excited to see that. I'm just excited to see the world because like I, I've said this before and it's why I liked Assassin's Creed Odyssey is because it kind of fit that Bioware itch that I've been trying to get ever since Andromeda was a mess. 
Yeah. And then I didn't play Anthem. So, oops. Um, and I'm hoping Dragon Age 4 fills that. Although I doubt it because they said it's going to be a live service game. Oh, no. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe uh, these these new Assassin's Creed titles uh, can kind of scratch that itch. Because, yeah, I, I want an RPG that I can make decisions in and have different things go on and actually affect the story. So, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm actually pretty excited for that now, too. Thank you for telling me all that. Yeah, no, I, I, I will happily... Uh, talk about it like everything because yeah well, well I, I know it's not everyone's favorite i still liked odyssey mm-hmm. origins is a better game but i do like odyssey and i think what it tried to do was really good and what it's going what it was going for i liked i understand not everybody some people it apparently really broke the lore of assassin's creed like there's mm-hmm. things you that you that you they did in the story that don't make sense for the overall plot but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so that's Assassin's Creed. Um, up next, Yakuza. Like a Dragon. The turn-based Yakuza title. The first of its kind. Um, in Japan, it was called Yakuza 7. Whereas in the US and everywhere else, it's called Yakuza Like a Dragon. Which is funny because in Japan, the series is called Like a Dragon. That's not confusing at all. Well, it's like Resident Evil, where it's technically in Japan, it's called Biohazard. Yeah, and then... And then they called Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. So then in, in Japan, Japan, it's, it's called Biohazard, Biohazard Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. So yeah. yeah, that. There you go. Um, first and foremost, what's your history with Yakuza? Because you've told me this before, and I just want to get it out there to the internet. Yeah. I feel like it's a story worth telling. Um, so when I was working at GameStop, uh, I was looking for like a really good like open world PS4 game because um, I was super bored. Um, and six was coming out, Song of Life, uh, and I'd never played Yakuza before. And I talked to my friend DJ, and he told me that it was like a really cool open world beat 'em up where you could do a bunch of crazy stuff like karaoke and. Uh, like you just, can go to the arcade and played old Sega games. Yeah, and that I think is what probably pushed me over the edge. But um, I decided to pre-order the collector's edition because he told me that their collector's editions are always like super crazy. Apparently, one of them came with like a Yakuza dragon condom. Um, for real? <laughs> apparently, that's what he told me. I could be wrong, but I was like, okay, well, now I have to buy the special edition for six. Um, if you guys don't know what came with that one, it was actually a set of whiskey glasses, uh, had some whiskey stones, um, and some Yakuza themed coasters. They're like glass etched with like dragons and tigers and all this cool Japanese shit. But, uh, I pre-ordered that and then the day finally came where I had to pick it up. I picked up the box and on the way home, I was like, you know what? I'm going to use these glasses. So I picked up a bottle of Jack Went home, set up my little table next to my gaming chair, poured myself a nice little glass of whiskey, threw the stones in there, I felt like a boss, and then I was like, alright, I'll finish this before the opening cutscene ends, and then I'll just be ready to play, I'll be feeling really good, I'm hype. Um, The opening cutscene for Yakuza 6 is like 
an hour and a half long. And there's also little novels you have to read if you haven't played the games before it. So I'm sitting there with a PS4 controller and a bottle of Jack Daniels just reading a fan synopsis from Wikipedia on my PS4. Um, and by the time it actually let me control Kiryu, that bottle was done. I was absolutely just gone. Um, so I didn't even continue playing because at that point I was too drunk to remember the story, um, which I had had to study for at this point. So I traded in the game. There was a multiple choice test at the end, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I traded in the game and I kept the whiskey glasses. (laughs) Yeah. Yakuza's weird because... Yeah, starting at six is definitely one you don't want to do. Cause like, I know that now. Well, it's 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 definitely the reason why they put out zero, where it's like, hey, Yakuza Zero, a great starting point. It's a prequel. You don't have to know Jack, which is what I started with. And when I first played it, it was like, oh, it's a beat 'em up, cool, whatever. And like, I didn't get very far, cause I was like, all right, it's just a beat 'em up. Like, it's cool. It's like Japanese. Mafia style stuff. That's cool, I guess. It wasn't until they hit Game Pass that I was like, "All right, well they're here. I have no reason not to do it." So I I, I downloaded the it was Yakuza Zero, the remake of One and Two. So I downloaded all three of them and just started playing Zero and loved it. Like man, is that game is that game good? There is a lot of stuff in Zero where the game goes from very serious crime drama about the yakuza and honor and all this other stuff and then in between all of that you get to go sing karaoke you can go to a claw machine <laughs> you can go to like uh what is it like an escort you can manage an escort like place which is where you can you know send girls to do whatever um you can go to the arcade and play sega titles um you can play tennis and baseball and like all this other stupid stuff you can go dancing like all of this <laughs> stupid side stuff that's like so fun because it's so it, the, the the idea of Kiryu or Majima doing these things is so funny cause yeah it's just like hey, here's this big bad Yakuza guy oh but he's gonna go uh, he's gonna go to the adult film store <laughs> and rent a naughty video and you're just like what what all right sure and it it's just all the hijinks that that game gets into which is why i'm excited for like a dragon which i think you'll be excited because it's a it's gonna be a standalone story it's why they took the number off apparently so if you're a newcomer haven't played yet or you're just not like beat-em-ups this is the game for you because the the general consensus i've gotten is it's persona with like japanese gang warfare that sounds so dope. But on crack. Because apparently, it's not just turn-based RPG. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, normal, like, okay, well, you got a baseball bat or this. No, you have class a class system. So you can change your boy from a Yakuza captain to a chef. And that chef has attributes. You can turn one into a banker. You can turn him into all sorts of stuff. And then you have summons, which those summons can be a, a little girl uh, tax collector a an army of shrimp a um what was the other one i saw that was so weird 
this this massage parlor guy or whatever like it's so out there and insane that now that that's the forefront of the game now like they straight up went ahead and said all right so we understand yeah because it's supposed to be the serious crime drama this one's not (laughs) the gameplay is crazy as all get out the story apparently is still gonna be very like it's a story or whatever but like there's so much you can do like apparently there's a super move where you take a satellite and shoot a beam down on earth (laughs) and it's like all right cool and then it has all the same side stuff. So you can go sing karaoke. You can go play on the claw machine. You can th- go do all this other stuff. So, yeah, I'm excited. Because it's it's that kind of goofy that I think we need right now. Yeah, so, definitely. Like, 2020 has been a heck of a year. And, yeah, Yakuza Like a Dragon is very much needed. Yeah, I, I've wanted to play Judgment for a while. Judgment's very good. You You actually, you would like it. As a fan of Phoenix Wright, you would like Judgment. Yeah, I remember seeing the reveal trailer for it before it was even, like, subbed in English. And I was like, is this this a new Phoenix Wright game? And then, obviously, it didn't end up being that. But it still interests me because I'm very into that, like, Japanese courtroom drama type of thing. Oh, it's very much the drama. Like, man. And shout out, apparently, I could be wrong, but I think the voice actor for... The guy in Judgment is the same one in Seven. So you just got the guy to voice two different characters. Interesting. But, you know, because it's like whatever. I think. I could be wrong. But uh, Judgment, Judgment's a really good game. Like, you you definitely would like it. Like, it's the Yakuza beat-em-up style with all the crazy side content as well. So karaoke. Well, I think there's karaoke. I didn't go try it. But you can go play in the arcade. Go do all this other stuff. But also, you're a private investigator. Have fun. I think I'll pick that up and play it on my PS5. I, I should have that downloaded already, like bought, which mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's, yeah, it's backwards compatible because I think the only ones that aren't is like a bunch of random games and Afro Samurai. Yeah. RIP Afro Samurai. Didn't even know that game existed on the PS4, but all right. Yeah, apparently they made a sequel to Afro Samurai, everybody. Only in Japan, I think. Yeah. So, okay, like we're going to get it. But uh, yeah, so yeah, because this uh, comes out as well on the tenth. Both Yakuza and Assassin's Creed are launch titles for uh, this generation. No, it's I know for it Xbox. is for Xbox. Um, I know there's a PS5 version of Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. coming out at some point. But yeah, I don't know. I know uh, Yakuza is a launch title for Xbox, which is very interesting because it's a Japanese game that was a Sony exclusive. And now the next gen upgrade, which is, which is coming out in November, the PS5 version comes out in March. So you gotta wait a while to get it on PS5. But if you wanted that day one, PS4, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X, mm-hmm. and then I think PC, because Sega really likes the PC right now, which is really good. <laughs> oh yeah, Persona 4 Golden on PC is amazing. I haven't replayed it, but I bought it. Like I saw it was there, and I just buy. Got yeah, I mean. With a game like that coming to PC, I buy it just out of principle, just because I want to show that company that we need more of this. Yeah, and like hopefully going to other consoles too. Yeah, and like Yakuza going on to the Xbox like for Game Pass is another really cool one. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yeah, they put the the first three games on Game Pass, so you're like, okay, that's cool. I want more of that, so I download them. So pe- so at least it's kind of a way that they know, hey, I want more. Put more. Do more. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So, I think the next game is going to take up the rest of our time because of how much this game has broken us. And that game is Cyberpunk 2077. 
Oh, Keanu. <laughs> Have you ever had a girlfriend? I was about to say no, but yeah, I do now. <laughs> My gut response was, no, I'm lonely. This is how I feel about this game, all right? It's like having a girlfriend that you try to kiss her every single time you see her, and then she swerves out of the way, and then it's like, oh, well, maybe next week it'll come out. But it never does. You keep getting swerved, and I'm starting to lose that hope. I, at the very least, I'm, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the 23 days is enough. I doubt it, but like, it's not gonna be enough. I've, I've resigned myself into saying that because I have it pre-ordered for Xbox One, because I have a One X. I'm getting a Series X, but I really feel like that game is going to run like garbage on the current gen. That's probably why it keeps getting delayed. Well, yeah, because apparently they're they're considering Xbox One and One X as two separate consoles. Because, because that's the thing. They're having I mean, to, there is a huge jump there. Yeah, because they're having to get it to run on the 2013 model. That sucks. Yeah, so that's the problem. And it's like, that game is too big to run on that. Like, anybody who still has that Xbox is not going to like that game because it's not going to run. Yeah. Um... I still think it's gonna have problems on the on the One X. Hopefully, I'll have a Series X by then. I'm assuming I will, um, and I'll hopefully get the next next gen upgrade just automatically. Right. But we'll see. That that's gonna be an interesting one because I I'm very excited, but cautiously nervous. Because yeah, the amount of delays this game has had also being announced before Witcher 3 was even done. Yeah. So, was it 2013? I have no idea, man. I don't remember when this thing was announced. I think I jumped in there like halfway through when it was announced and when it started getting delayed into hell. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm always of that thing of like, you know, it's the, the meme, like, Oh, if a game is if a game is rushed, it will be forever bad. But if a game is you know delayed, it might or whatever the the Miyamoto quote is. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited because again, it's gonna be the this first person shooter RPG that's like super expansive, all this cool stuff. But yeah, I don't know, man. Like I feel like I feel like their ambition was so high. Yeah, because apparently there's a lot of cut content in the game too, like stuff that they had planned. They went, "This isn't gonna work if we plan to make release." So I don't know. Like it, it really feels like the game has. I'm not gonna say no hope, but like we're we're getting there. I think it's gonna come out and feel like a complete game, but I'm always gonna wonder like what they had to cut out to make it fit. Apparently, wall running was a thing interesting but they cut that out man i've been wanting another titanfall for a while well side tangent ghost runner ghost runner heard about the game i haven't no it is a new game it's only like 40 bucks i think but it's a cyberpunk style like futuristic sword melee title so pretty much think dishonored meets mirror's edge that sounds and it's like that but it's like fast-paced and action oriented and stuff i've played like a couple hours like i want to say like an hour 30 maybe Mm -hmm. i like it so far but again i need to finish it but if you want that like fast-paced cyberpunky feel i would get that kind of see how it works and then go from there Mm -hmm. but uh 
Yeah, I don't know, man. Cyberpunk has burned me a couple times already. Yeah. It's like, because uh, I remember, I do you remember where you were when you saw the at E3 with Keanu Reeves stepping out? And you're sitting there going, oh, they got Keanu. I think I was actually working a shift at GameStop when I saw that. Because I had that, uh, we have these iPads at GameStop, at least currently. Um, and I would just pull up whatever E3 conference was on there every E3. And then just like put it up against the testing station, which was underneath the counter. So I could still see it, but like, you know, pretend to make eye contact with people. Um, but uh, I remember seeing him come on stage and then do that stupid voice and say cyberpunk and i was like oh cyberpunk <laughs> i was like i love you man no but as a game like this is kind of what i've been wanting since new vegas yeah like i like outer worlds just fine but yeah it it didn't quite hit the levels of what i wanted from an obsidian style open world game mm-hmm. and it looks like this is what cyberpunk is gonna be it's clever writing, uh, cool combat, like all the the style is everywhere. Like the cars, the clothes, the city itself, like everything about it has seemed like it's insane. I just I love when they do things like that. New Vegas was the last time that I really felt like this, but it's like when they really develop the world as a character, and you know they build on it with every new mission and every new location that you discover. It just makes it feel more alive, and it makes you want to replay it. Already from, like, like they, they've added a thing in that I haven't seen a game really do since Dragon Age Origins, which was, hey, your tutorial's going to be different, depending on which style you play. That's cool. So, like, yeah, so if you pick the Corpo, you start out in as a, like, a suit and tie wearing dude uh, in, like, the corporate side of, of life. If you pick the street kid, you're wearing the punkish clothes, running from the cops, like living in like this rundown apartment type stuff. You pick the nomad, you live outside the city with all these like trailer park boys and girls and you talk about family. It's like a Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> but like, yeah, each one is a different intro to the world. And I think that's cool because, yeah, like the only game I've seen that does that and I hopefully correct me if I'm wrong, but Dragon Age Origins did that where if you picked human, you got to be oh, you're a noble or a mage. And that differed where you started the game mm-hmm. and what happened. You could pick an elf. Same thing. Are you a Dalish elf or a circle mage? You're a dwarf. Are you a dwarven king or, or a dwarven noble? Or are you a dwarven commoner? And it changed depending on your race and class. And it was actually really cool. Cyberpunk's the first one that's doing that again that I'm excited to like find out because like that was cool when I played that in Dragon Age and they never did it again. Yeah, I feel like I'm just going to have to play through it three separate times to see all the differences. Oh, yeah, like, it, definitely, because, like, apparently that actually affects, like, the overall story, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're a street kid and you need to get information, well, you're going to be able to run around the street and find people that you've apparently helped out in the past, and they're cool with you. You play uh, as a corpo, well, good luck talking to the street people. They hate you. If you're a nomad, nobody likes you. <laughs> But you're apparently really good with people and like all this other stuff, and it's like, oh, that's cool. So they have they have these like different the dialogue changes and like, who knows? Maybe you can level it up to counteract that, or maybe that's something you have to stick with because that's just what you know is your character. It there's so much role playing possibilities in the game that that's why I'm excited. Um, not only that, just but 
the way like we've said like the world live is lived in mm-hmm. like they've made a point to where they're not hiding any loading screens apparently like the whole world is open you can go indoors and outdoors there's no loading man you can look out a window and what you see down there is what's happening in engine in game it's not like a a cutscene that's hidden or whatever like they've made a point and that's that's why i think the ambition was so high this game if it was made exclusively for pc would have come out by now because they would have focused on pc it would have come out been this success and huge hit and then we would have gotten console ports at some point yeah but yeah the the ambition and the drive for this game has been so high that i really don't know if they'll hit it i definitely think it's gonna be a good game but is it gonna be like 10 out of 10 best game of all time i don't know well that's that's one of the problems with delayed games like this and final fantasy 15 as we both experienced um like the build-up is so long that it just can't live up to what you're expecting at that point and then 15 even like it wasn't what i expected because i also had to watch a movie and an anime series and all this other stuff to, yeah. to understand the story and play like, a demo that they didn't tell you about yeah i didn't even play that demo i have the disguise demo but i don't have the platinum demo so mm-hmm. ooh, i guess i missed out on that interesting story bit yeah the the whole story is explained in that one demo <laughs> I, I i still want versus 13 like what was originally going to be a thing which we might get that with Varum Rex or whatever he does with that character. I don't know, man. I, I'm just saying Varum Rex is very much a, a slap in the face of, you guys let me do my thing, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. And he's using Kingdom Hearts. To I'm going to weasel my way into this. No, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Because De- like delays and, and like even, and they sometimes can be good, right? Case in point, Final Fantasy VII Remake was originally developed by another developer it was cyber connect i didn't know that the game was gonna be way more like kingdom hearts like the i remember seeing the old like old stills and the old gameplay shots um the way it was set was like you had the attack magic item and like summon so it literally was kingdom hearts's command menu it was just an action game Hmm. but apparently CyberConnect, the game was just not fun or whatever it was and so they they canceled it and brought it in-house i remember when that happened i didn't know that it was CyberConnect up until that point i thought it was still like square enix all the way but i remember everybody that was excited for it they heard about that cancellation to start from scratch and we were all collectively like we're never going to be able to play that it's never coming out just the fact that we got a demo was so like refreshing yeah and even then i didn't know if the game was gonna come out mm-hmm. like i i remember working i worked both the kingdom hearts well i worked kingdom hearts release i worked final fantasies but well no i did which one came out first animal crossing or final fantasy it was animal crossing all right and so i had final fantasy 7 was later because we had already done the locked door thing Okay, yeah, so I had quit before that. So I, I remember working in the Kingdom Hearts release and to the point of, like, games being delayed so much that you don't have hope in them. I remember telling people who got who picked up their pre-orders, like, watch, you're going to get home, put that thing in there, and it's just going to be Mickey Mouse giving you the finger saying you're never getting this game. <laughs> That's what I felt with Final Fantasy VII. I really thought it was just going to be Nomura sitting there going, nah, 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 nah. You didn't let me get to make my game. I'm not going to give you this one. Yeah. 
I guess since we got some time, like we've been going for about an hour, probably go a little bit longer, I'll add another game to the list. It's Final Fantasy 16. Yeah, that one, when I first saw the trailer, we had very differing opinions on it because I immediately saw it and said, ooh, gimme. I was live texting you this whole time. I was at work. I was having a shitty day at work. I always have a shitty day at work. Work sucks. But uh, we... GameStop or leather? The the leather place. Um, But we... Everybody in the shop collected around this TV and we casted the PlayStation 5 thing onto it. And we took like a 45-minute lunch just so we could watch the whole thing. (laughs) Our boss was like, hey guys, we got cars to do. And we were all like, shut the fuck up. We want to watch a PS5 event. We want to see them PlayStation boys. (laughs) But I was actually out on a run um, when it started. And I was like speeding back to go inside and just watch this thing. Um, And when I came in, was right when the 16 trailer started. And I was like, what is this? Anime? And then it was like, we gotta find the crystals. And I was like, oh, it's Final Fantasy and they're doing crystals again. <laughs> it, what got me was I'm sitting there going, okay, so it's like some Japanese, Shiva's dominant. I'm like, who? And so I'm sitting there going, oh, okay, we got more. And then you see chocobos and you see mm-hmm. summons, like it's Final Fantasy. And at first I'm sitting there going, well, there's no way it's 16. Like they, they wouldn't do it this soon, right? Like they got seven remake coming out. like. Maybe this is like a side thing, like because it looks all actiony. So maybe, maybe sixteen. Then boom, it's sixteen. Yep. And I remember being so excited for two reasons. One, it's a dark fantasy. Yeah. And I have a a big like oh let's go for dark fantasy. Two, it's an action game, and not like a half baked action like fifteen was, despite how much I like that game. This is action. Like you're flipping around. Like you have, it looks like you have jump cancellations and dedicated dodging and like just unadulterated action. And yeah, I remember, I remember you were, uh, I'm not tweeting, you were texting me, kind of going like, oh. It was kind of funny because it's like every time I looked down to text you was when gameplay was actually on screen. And I was mad that whole day until I got home. And then um, I finally pulled up the trailer and rewatched it because you were like, you're being an idiot. Rewatch it right now. Oh no, yeah, because I was like, dude, it's like actually this is a- the action we wanted. And then I finally sat down and watched it with an actual, you know, in-depth eye, and I was like, oh my god, this looks amazing. What sold it even recently was they said the head uh, gameplay guy from Devil May Cry Five and Dragon's Dogma is working on this title. See, when you told me that, I was like, okay, all my qualms have been squelched. And then the, I think the writer or the or the director or whatever is the one who did Shadowbringer, mm. the Final Fantasy fourteen, which is everybody, which a lot of people consider like the best Final Fantasy story in years. And I think was it Shadow? Was it just Shadowbringer? Or was it also another one? Uh, I want to say it was Shadowbringer because that one is the one people like love. That to one death. blew up. I knew people that had never played an MMO at all that would buy the Shadowbringer you know the uh the compilation disc that they came out with yeah um i knew like four or five people that bought that thing because they were just like i just want to see the story and apparently the story is really good like it was also very meta because like uh the whole point of like final fantasy 14 is it's like an mmo so your character is just like a yes man you go and do these things and apparently you fight against a 
Now, I could be wrong, but I remember listening to a podcast where they explained this, and they could be explained it completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure the story was you fight a warrior of light or whatever, that's pretty much just you, and they they literally mock you by going, what is your answer to this question? It's like, well, who cares? You don't have a choice anyway. <laughs> it's like, you're going to do it because you can't do anything without it. Or like, And it was like all this meta commentary and like this weird thing, and so like your character got to have a voice which was not something they had done before but like they decided we're not going to do the same like thing we've done in the past expansions and just whatever they decided to take risks and do something new and it's why people liked it because it was really good and so that's like the people behind 16 are the people who also were behind 14 so that gives me a lot of hope because anyone you ask will tell you 14 is like some of the best Final Fantasy they've played since A Realm Reborn one it's an MMO so it's got the MMO kick to it as well but like story wise like Storm I don't want to say Stormblood I think Heavenly Sword or Heaven Sword or whatever and Shadowbringers like the two that people talk about and go oh this is this is that good yeah if, if I had people to play it with I would love to get into it but I just don't have the time with games if I had a system to play it on and if it wasn't a subscription yeah, that that does irk me when they do that a uh, additional subscription on top of your PlayStation Plus or whatever. The fact that Elder Scrolls Online does not make you do that, but has a subscription model if you want it, but you can play the whole game without any of that subscription stuff. It's the whole base game, all the stuff you can do. Just hey, if you have you have ESO Plus, you can like buy a house and get married or whatever the other stuff. But just like base game, boom. And that's what I wish Final Fantasy XIV would do, but they make so much money off those subscriptions, they're not about to stop. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Square Enix money, mm. um, since we still have a little bit of time left, I just want to pick your brain on this. Yeah. Um, Melody of Memory comes out on the 13th, on my birthday. Um, what do you think the DLC situation for that game is going to be like? Obviously, song packs. Yeah. Like anything that can't be fit won't fit in the game they're going to put in later whether that's free DLC or the in the case of like a remind mm-hmm. where it's like hey here's all this extra stuff I, I think we're gonna get story content that's gonna tell more because again this game is supposed to be Kyrie's game which is so stupid that her game is a rhythm game even in Kyrie's game you play as Sora <laughs> Uh, but apparently it's supposed to be like, I think the, the gist is you're going through Sora's memories to try to find where he went. I think. So we'll see. I'm, I'm so tired of going through Sora's memories. I just want to rest. <laughs> yeah, but no, I think I think the DLC is going to be very interesting. Because yeah, you're going to get song packs, but then also like, who knows? You might get different characters. You might get, like it might not just be Sora, Donald and Goofy. Maybe you get Kyrie and you get Rikus, Roxas, Ven, Terra, Aqua, Axel or Lee, whatever he wants to call himself now. Shion, Syx, all the people who are alive at the end of the game. Mike could go, here they are, but they're just going to go through a weird rhythm title. I think it would be interesting if they did little song packs like that, but they also did one big story expansion. Not like huge, but just a little something extra with a couple of songs in there that adds some story, maybe to some of the side characters. I still want a like sequel to three five eight, with the the ice cream trio, like I want Shio and Roxas and Axel to 
have a game where they they're the protagonist again. I mean, that was like the only thing they really set up at the end of three was a sequel with them, outside of Sora's other adventure. I hope three is still my favorite, but yeah, I I think the DLC is gonna be f interesting because it's gonna be. Here's every remix of Simple and Clean. Here's cool funk remixes to Sanctuary or like whatever. Cause you're gonna, I, I think it's gonna be like the Persona games where you're gonna have some really cool remixes of yeah. previously released songs and then some new ones that you've never heard before that are like awesome. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if like the final boss music of Melody of Madness is like some banger of a track that you're like, yo, I'm like, like if they, if they, I don't know, video game music has been, has recently has, has just been so good. Mm -hmm. Like everything, like we got Jump Up Superstar from Super Mario Odyssey, we got Infinite from Sonic Forces, Devil May Cry has. They're all there for all their characters. They have a theme song for each one, and then Virgil gets his own now. And it's like, you like even like crappy games like Fallout seventy six. They premiered that game with the whole Country Rose Take Me Home, and that became synonymous with Fallout at that for like a week. Yeah, and it's like yeah, video game music at Astral Chain, another Dude. really good one. Fire Emblem Three Houses, like Three Houses opening theme is great, and like yeah. Video game music has been getting to a point where we're getting really good soundtracks. Mm -hmm. uh, Cyberpunk's even back to that. The soundtrack is filled with like Grimes, Run the Jewels. Um, I'm so excited that RTJ is in that game. Oh, absolutely! I love those guys. I'm 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 so excited just to hear them like come out when I'm like just beating up on thugs. Yep, that's gonna be great. But yeah, like so I I think Melody, of, I think was it called Melody of Memory? I don't know. Whatever that game. Uh, the Kingdom Hearts music game is... I think it's going to sell really well. Let's just call it Kingdom Hearts Mom. KH Mom. Mom's going to be really fun to play. I don't know. I don't want to say that. Uh, <laughs> the Kyrie game is going to be pretty fun. I think it's going to be really good. I think it's going to sell really well because rhythm games do. They're and the fact that it's the first one to come out on Switch. Like, I think there's a big crowd of people like myself that will just throw money at it because of that. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that. No More Heroes has been doing really well on the Switch. Big yeah. shadow dropped. So, yeah, I think I, I think it's going to be a fine game. It's just not the game we wanted after 3. But, like, we all kind of knew it was going to be another side game next. Yeah. We're in for another 10 to 15 years of side games, and then we'll get Kingdom Hearts 4, and it's going to be none of the things we wanted from the side games that we played from now to then. I'm still excited for it, but we'll see. Um, so, is there anything else you kind of wanted to talk about in general? Or, I mean, we can kind of, I, I don't know if we want to do it now, but we could talk about Remake Part 2, but I feel like we We don't have enough time for yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think we're good for today. Um, the next episode that we get on. We'll be talking about our first impressions with the uh, new hardware that's coming out. Um, so we'll be recording that uh, two weeks from today, hopefully. Or even we might find a day in between where, like, yeah. we have it. Well, who knows? We might we might wait a bit to get everything out. Um, by the time you're listening to this episode, every like the, the previous two should be out. But we'll see. Th these aren't going to come out in a timely manner, sadly. Just we started too late, getting everything edited and... We were learning things. We found a guy who can edit. He edited the first one, which we thought was awesome. Dude, we got that first edit back, and we were both just hype as hell all day. I showed everyone in my house the first, like, five minutes. 
Well, probably a good idea to finish. I see the car coming down the driveway, so. Perfect. All right, but, uh, all right sweet. So this has been, I think, our third episode. Um, I've already lost count. We've only been doing this for like two <laughs> weeks. <laughs> um, it, it's been one of the episodes. We'll we'll get back uh, to more. Like you said, by the next time we do an episode, we'll have had the hardware of the PS5 and hopefully the Xbox Series X. If not, you know, we'll figure that out. But this has been us. Anything you want to say as we close out or not? As always, take it sleazy. Absolutely.